100% born in the Appalachian Mountains and made in the USA, Timber Ninja Outdoors provides a range of mobile hunting options to accommodate diverse hunting preferences. Whether you prioritize comfort, lightweight design, or versatility, their two-panel and single-panel saddles collection has something for everyone. The Black Belt Nano is the lightest single-panel saddle available on the market, weighing in under a pound. The saddle is designed with the minimalist hunter in mind, focusing on lightweight functionality and breathability. One notable feature is the patent-pending magnetic stick clip system on the side, which allows for convenient transportation of sticks up the tree, as well as a built-in platform holder. The Nano Saddle can be folded up to the size of a Nalgene bottle, enabling easy portability. With a four-way stretch material on the back for a comfortable fit, as well as strategically placed padding for hip pinch relief. You can use code EASTMEETSWEST to get free shipping on any Timber Ninja order. If you try it out and don't like it, send it back within 30 days for a full refund. Learn more at TimberNinjaOutdoors.com and sign up for their email newsletter for exclusive discounts and product drops. When it comes to optics, I get the same question over and over again. What are the best all-around binoculars? Well, it's tough to find something that works in every condition great, but after using a pair of Maven B1.2 10x42s, I think I found them. They feature an 8x or a 10x option, superior low light performance, tack sharp edge-to-edge clarity, a generous depth of field, and a silky focus mechanism. All of Maven Optics have a lifetime no-fault warranty and hail from the great state of Wyoming. I've been using Maven Optics since I bought my first pair in 2017, and I think you should test them out for yourself. Head over to mavenbuilt.com and use the code EASTMEETSWEST-GIFT for a free gift with any full price optics order. For all of those that want a truck bed cover for work or play, Diamondback makes the top of the line heavy duty covers that help you do more with your truck. They're perfect for the truck owning, avid sportsmen, outdoor enthusiasts, and weekend project warriors. I'm currently using the HD cover that can is capable of holding up to 1,600 pounds on the top. And then I have the Yakima overhaul HD bars on top so I can put my rooftop tent on it. When I'm not using my rooftop tent and able to use the trifold design of the Diamondback, I have the Crossbin 8 in there to organize all of my stuff in the back of my truck bed. Diamondback is made right here in Phillipsburg, Pennsylvania. If you want to check them out, head over to diamondbackcovers.com. If you've wanted that hunting camp tradition that we talk about, that experience, but you don't have a hunting camp of your own, you're welcome to come stay at my hunting camp up here in the Pennsylvania wilds called the Elk Crossing Getaway in the PA wilds. So if you go over to Airbnb, you can check out our three-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath house that's right in the heart of Pennsylvania elk country. It's only minutes away from a bunch of public land to be able to hunt, hiking trails, outdoor recreation, fishing, all of those things there. The house is completely fully stocked with everything that you need to be able to, to spend a week hunting deer, taking your family up to see the elk, anything like that. So if you head over to Airbnb and search Elk Cross and Getaway in the PA Wilds, you'll find my listing there and you can rent out my house to send us a message and inquiry that you're interested in it and mention that you heard it on the podcast here, then we'll get you 10% off of your first day. Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. 
Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt Podcast presented by Spartan Forge. On today's episode, I am joined once again by Johnny Stewart, then my dad Joe Martonic, and cousin Mason Martonic. So this is our annual deer comp discussion. This is part two of this discussion here, preparing for the time of year that we all look forward to the most, which is right now, the rut. We discuss calling strategies, using scents, some gimmicky gear items that are out there, what it was like before technology, and a lot more on this episode. On this week's Mountain Buck Monday Story of the Week, we have a story coming from Shane Connor out of Pennsylvania. And Shane wrote in, it all started in the fall of 2020. I typically take two weeks off of work during the PA archery season, but little did I know that year I would have from October 23rd through the end of rifle season to hunt every day. Because I had so much extra time, I wanted to be more selective on the buck I would kill. I started hunting every day, passing up multiple great PA bucks that I normally would shoot. By gun season, I had over 40 days hunting without punching a tag. I was mentally and physically exhausted. It was Saturday, December 12th, the last day of the PA gun season, and my confidence had dissipated. I took a solo morning hunt on some local game lands without any luck. The clock was ticking, so I decided to reach out to a friend who had already tagged out in archery season. We met in his driveway and joked about how much I had hunted and how the season was basically over with only five hours left to hunt. Finally, we came up with a game plan. We got to the one long hollow that he had suggested we start. One side was a steep, thick, clear cut, and the opposite was steep with standing timber. I posted where I could see to the very top of the hollow in case anything crossed while my two buddies took the long walk into this thick, steep, clear cut. 20 minutes later, I saw a doe coming around the top of the clear cut and simultaneously saw movement coming down to cross the point of that hollow. I put my scope on him and saw tall tines, so I held steady and squeezed the trigger. He went down about 70 yards in front of me as I stood in disbelief. I knew he was a good buck, but I had no idea he would turn out to be my best buck to date. He grossed 144 and 7 eighths inches and aged him at 6 and a half. Over 40 days of hunting whitetails just to seal the deal within hours of the last day just to go to show you it's never over until it's over. And you're 100% right there, Shane. That's uh, I, I give you credit there being able to stick it out throughout the whole season and go after it. You know, there's I'm sure people say, man, that's that's awesome. You're so lucky you got to hunt the whole season and that that's totally true, but I don't care who you are. That's tough to tough to be able to do uh, every day out there hunting, grinding, putting in the work, getting up, doing it, and uh, keeping your head in check there and getting it done on an absolute tank of a Pennsylvania buck. Congratulations, Shane. Anyone can go check that out over on Instagram, East Meets West Hunt, or Facebook, East Meets West Outdoors. Check it out. And uh, also, if you have a story that you want to submit from this season, from past seasons, love to be able to get those. Uh, but please send those into my email, boateastmeetswesthunt.com, and just put Mountain Buck Monday in the in the description or in the, the title there, and uh, send over a brief paragraph or two at most, and and uh, a few photos, and love to be able to share them with everyone. And uh, in other news, 
So don't forget about part one of this podcast. So this conversation kind of jumps right into it. And that's because there is a part one uh, to it. So check that out. And uh, I hope that everyone is having a really good rut so far. It uh, The rut's one of those times that we look forward to so much. And it can be an absolute grind. But keep your head on straight. Trust your gut. And good luck. If you like the podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you shared it with your friends, family, anyone you think it would be able to help out, and uh, leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to it. Thanks, and good luck. What about um, uh, something else I wanted that was brought up in the questions were calling uh, strategies. So I, I know... And, and I'm still going to ask you about it, but I know my dad's thought process on it, but I actually honestly don't really know Johnny and Mason's. I don't know if we've talked about this well, before. Do I don't really know mine either. Besides so. your water bottle, but <laughs> I don't really have any. Do you- I was always like, I know you blind grunt and do good. I, I, I always wanted to be quiet and just like, I, I, I had to do more grunting, I think, you know, I mean, I'll throw a grunt out when, you know, if you think there's deer's. You know, it might spook and that, but um, I need to do more blind grunting, I think. So so right now... I learned that from you, like, you know... Yeah, you learn a lot from me if you listen. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to do more, a little more blind grunting. But I was down in Ohio the one year, and this guy, I don't know if I told this story, it was a big rock I know over in this area, and it was windy, and I said, is that a deer grunting? But it was like... Anyway, he did like 20 seconds straight and stop and there was like a one minute he had like a nice sequence it was like 20 grunts one minute stop 20 grunts one minute stop so um yeah he was up there sitting on a rock smoking cigarettes and he blew that grunt he probably wore it out man <laughs> i'm like but this little spike come running at me he was even like looked up in the tree he's like holy mackerel <laughs> this, is this guy what's he doing but i heard it off in the distance but it was such a sequence like 20 long breath. I mean, it was like literally 20, right, right. I'm like, then the wind calmed down, and then it was like like a time, but it was like 30 hey, seconds. And then 20 what are you doing in my area? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, oh. One, one thing with, with the calling, um, with the grunting, the buying grunting for me, is I truly believe it does drive off the smaller bucks. That, you know, I think they just won't come in because they don't want to get their ass kicked, basically. Um, I think that if I, I truly believe that there was days that I wouldn't grunt at all, I'd probably see more bucks, you know, more deer. But, um, I feel confident that if the, the, you know, the, the, the boss in that area or, or the up and comers are in that area that they're going to come in. Mm-hmm. I feel, I feel good about that. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to see the better bucks if I'm going to see any, but I can expect all day not to see anything. Mm-hmm. because of that i mean that's just my thought pattern on it and, and i'm okay with that i'm okay with doing that mason i was actually going to say the opposite of what you said really <laughs> it, just just with my i mean you've been doing it a lot longer than i have and maybe it's because my areas are i feel like where i've been hunting the last couple of years has been extremely high pressured is my my experience has been i i can usually call the smaller bucks in but out of the last three, four, five years, some of the bigger the bigger bucks I've shot, I, I always blind call because I I have seen it work with with smaller and three year old bucks, you know. But 
what tone do you i mean it could be your tone too yeah it could be i i do uh my my grunt call has a slider on it, it uh -huh. goes from yeah. from buck to to doe and i i use all of it i don't i haven't had it put any study to it to see what how many deer come into to what to what tone but mm -hmm. my experience has been i i can usually call the smaller bucks in but uh the bigger bucks that they've i don't think that they've been coming into the grunt calls and i in places where I, I have been able to see further distances, I've called it some, some bigger bucks, and and they uh like they'll look that direction, kind of just keep keep sticking. To I think plan. that's probably why I've been quiet a lot is because I felt like maybe pressured areas, and I just felt like if you're just throwing a grunt and there's no, I guess I didn't put much thought into it, but there's no other not a visual, or they they're maybe they're going to go downwind to you, and I'm just afraid to give them that something something's there let, let me yeah. check into it more to where no oh, no or or i don't hear it or i feel like just a lot of guys maybe just use and abuse their call and not blowing it right i guess but in a lot of places i hunt it's pretty thick like you can't really see very far so maybe yeah. some of the some some of the maybe i'm spooking more smaller bucks than what i know too that could easily be the case mm -hmm. yeah and and so dad talk you were you're about to say a little bit about like the tone and like kind of how you do that so explain that a little bit um yeah i i think i do a more drawn out uh, more aggressive and, and a deeper grunt um instead of just a little you know yeah. young, young buck grunt i, I guess. feel like that's what i probably do more that's probably what i do i'm like trying to i'm not trying to scare them you know like Come beat yeah. me up. I'm over here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just a little wimp, <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, I, I and yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I think I am more aggressive on mine, but I I don't. I mean, I'm not like. I wasn't that guy you heard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that that wasn't me. Oh man! But I, I I'm not sure what my my sequence is, or, or as far as uh, the timing, it may be every. 20 minutes sometimes maybe every 10 minutes sometimes maybe once an hour um i guess it's uh you know how i feel that day or what i what it feels like to me i guess and the time of the time of the year um i do do some bleats in there as well um um how do you combine the two uh i, I probably throw out some bleats and then i'll do like a, a almost like a, a buck roar you know like uh yeah like something like that yeah yeah, John. That's pretty good, though. Well, you don't need a call. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more, more something like that. That uh, like it's a buck that is on a chase on a doe, and then that you know this, the mature other mature bucks are like, hey, I'm gonna go try to take him, take her from him. Or, but uh, I mean, that's my thought pattern on it, anyways. Um, rattling, though, I've never had any luck. I know there's a lot of people that do. Um, I just don't, I'd like to go with somebody that has success with rattling because, uh, what I'm doing just doesn't seem like it works. I, I feel like the rattling part has to do with a lot more of what Johnny said, the, the realism of a buck fight, you know, Zach Farrenbaugh said it on the podcast last year about this time, the rut calling strategies episode was like, if you ever hear a buck fight, which all you have, it's like, mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff going on. Oh, yeah. Just horns clanking together. Where grunting can be a little bit more of just a, you know, you hear the grunt and that might, but when you hear a buck fight, you hear just sticks breaking and mm -hmm. leaves throwing. And, you know, that's why he says he feels confident with on, on the ground, ground doing yeah. that. 
versus in a tree where it's like, okay, there's just random. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It. Yeah, it's random stuff clanging together. Mm-hmm. You know, that's well, well, last year I took it to a new level. My my rattling in a tree. I actually had a had a blowdown in front of my tree, and I tied a rope to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, inked on it. I'd be yanking on that and hitting the horns, and then I even had to the horns on a rope i throw them out there into that and get them tangled up in there and try to get it at ground level but didn't have any luck <laughs> i thought man this is going to be it this yeah. is going to be the year i'm going to rattle something in and i haven't i haven't carried antlers with me in so long and, and that's because they're sitting in a tree somewhere because i forgot them I've, but i've done the same thing with my last ones <laughs> i have a set of black racks i think it was the last time johnny T- took us out on Halloween and we were out too late and then we had to hunt the next day. I think they're in that tree the next day. So I don't. I, I think you took me out. <laughs> I found shed hunting twice, two different times. I found Johnny. a match and set of rattling horns. Johnny's in our spots. I, I found masons in a tree before. I mean, on the ground. Like I thought, someone just left them there and they had string tied to them. Really, <laughs> twice. You, you found I thought masons? they were shed. Yeah, I think it was masons. I, I, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it was either his, his or his dad's, but I don't know. I think it was yours. This is going back. Probably, you're probably sixteen, seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still hear about that. Yeah, because you lost your dad's rally antlers. Yeah. Yep. Well, I so like I guess for me with calling it goes. Like the way I, I think about it is I, I haven't really called up to this point. You know, it, it starts about like the 25th ish of October. I'll start doing some little bit of grunts, but not heavily, but you get in November. I'm, I'm grunting pretty often. Like I, I don't put a timer every 20 minutes. Sometimes it might be every 40 minutes. Sometimes it might be every 15. I don't know, but I'll, I'll do some different things in it. It is very by feel like, and I, I know that's hard to explain to people listening, but Normally, if I were to give like a normal sequence, I dump the old bleat can, the Primos big bleat. I think you're the one that told me you need the big can because it's louder. So I have the big can, dump it over twice, and then burp, 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 like kind of like, okay, there's a buck fall on a doe coming through. But then like things aren't happening. I start getting a little more aggressive as the day goes on and just like just and my call i have um i think it's called the mad growl or something uh, i don't know if primos makes it or or yeah, i know oh, i can't remember about. i I'll, I'll have it um by the time this comes out there'll be a um a link with my gear list on on the website eastmeetswesthunt.com and it'll have a link to it to show you but anyways it's a deep i like a deep grunt call i hate those little ones with the little accordion things that come off the grunt and little wooden thing it just sounds weak you know i want something that sounds deep and like and again i picked that up because my first grunt calls came from my dad but it's like i like that deep sound and i think i think that works and if i see a buck that that is not you know is moving at a distance and i do that deep grunt i'd say maybe 20 percent of the time it works but i've had them turn on a string and come in to being able to do that just that growliness like i i I think about it like when i'm calling elk like i i i try to match the emotion of what i see Mm -hmm. if i can see a deer and i see his hair rustled up on the back of his neck that thing's aggressive like Mm -hmm. he wants he wants to go at it so i'm gonna just talk shit right to him and just like 
try to match my emotion to that deer. And I love doing that. Like, I think that I haven't done much as far as the rattling side as, as you know, everyone here has kind of said, but like from a grunting standpoint, I I've had a lot of luck from grunting my one last year. Mm -hmm. I'm, I can't say for sure because I didn't see him at the time, but I blind grunted within three minutes. He came running up mm -hmm. in sprinting. Um, so like, I think that that worked at that point to be able to get that deer to come in. And I, I do like calling quite a bit. Like yeah. I, and it's just fun to me too. Like that's my style that I, that I feel like I, I enjoy doing is, is calling and having that interaction with them mm -hmm. to be, to be able to do. It's kind of like having that candy, those snacks. You're looking forward to a time to have a snack. You set yeah, the yeah. times. Well, I, I might set a time. You know, I, I do a grind, and it's like I look at my clocks. Ah, maybe in 20 minutes I'll do another one. So I'm, it gives I, me I something to look, look, yeah. look forward to. to you know, yeah, yeah, I can make the, make the time. Go. Yeah, it's the game. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I yeah, you you nailed it with the the, the deeper grunt and the emotion. Um, but I do truly believe it does. You know, chase away or. Yeah, drive away deer you don't see. I really, I truly so, believe that. I want to know what you guys think. So, you're not hunting the next couple of days, Joe, Mason. You, you gonna hunt Bo or what? Yeah, I'm going out tomorrow. So, like I said, I was setting up for early season. Now I'm kind of, I got three or four days. I'm gonna be well. I'm gonna be here tomorrow, Thursday, Friday. I got three days. How much hunting would you do if you're not? Like, I'd, I'd probably just drive home if I was you. <laughs> Yeah, I <laughs> save me some up here. Yeah, I know where your spots are. So yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here debating. I'm like, do I get up in the morning and go? I, I don't have like, I kind of have an idea where they might be. The beach brush. It's not like I mean, I probably you know I probably wouldn't be too. I'm like I don't like where. And then you, you start hunting and wearing your not wearing, but it's like ah, I shouldn't have been in here. Like kind of going in blind is what I'm saying. Like yeah. I got some ideas where I think. Deer might be hanging out. Would you go in blind? I don't think or, you're that far off, John. He's my my gut feel on it. Like you were, you were dialed. You were, you were on them, right? Yeah. So then you know you had some guys come in. And, yeah, and, and then they're logging, causing ruckus. They're, and, they're there, but and I, they're logging, but they don't just vaporize. I feel you're right. I feel like you're just but do off. I do? Yeah. Do I like? Do I get up tomorrow and I go out and just pick a spot blind, like not even have a tree marked and kind of have an idea, maybe where he's at? Do I go in blind? Or you guys ever do? Like like we did that a little bit in Ohio. Had an idea. They were like in that. They were up in that blowdown. We're you just going to go climb a tree it. blind, you know, in the dark. Yeah, I mean, but maybe in, or maybe daylight. Like right, like in Ohio, it's pretty open there, oak. Oh, yeah. So I wasn't worried about it. But like here, just kind of like kind of get in the area, maybe wait for light and climb a tree. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, do, I, don't, I don't see nothing wrong with that. I mean, you you, you mean why, not? Why not? I mean, I don't know. Like I said, something some things happen, and now I'm gonna transition to where maybe they transition or they're, they're they're there but i'm not exactly sure or do i just probe around and do the scout and you know and then maybe do like a midday hunt or something like that's where i get i get torn sometimes when i got three or four days what do you do and if you're not sold on one spot you know what i mean well i i guess i guess like the way i think about that is if you have a decent idea like mason said i'd think you're pretty dang close to being on them again even just like with your thought process it doesn't hurt to spend three hours sitting on it and then you have the rest of the day to scout mm -hmm. if you want to be be able to to do that you know you're going to be there anyways right yeah i'm gonna you're gonna probe, be sleeping probe around not, you know you know either 
you're going to be making Harry some bacon and eggs or you're going to be out shooting deer. So that's up yeah. to you. Yeah. No, but honestly, like. Well, the one spot that these deer, the one is hanging out, is kind of like a little bit of a bowl in there. And I, I haven't even been in there and I've been wanting to get in there, but we were hunting early and he was coming out to that cut. So I'm not going to go in there. But I, but I, I drop pins. I want to check that, or do I go in there blind and like come up from the creek, the main stream, and just go up? You know, it's the south slope, and there's just some fingers to that creek, and 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 like, do I just get in there in daylight and go? Maybe hope I'm in his area because he's in there. Some, you know what I'm saying? Like I know, yeah. yeah. Or or like like even the camera I pulled, my batteries died, and I had him going into that on that south slope, coming out of the cut, going into that bolt, like. Well, he was there. It sounds like you have a pretty good idea that. But I never been be in, in where he's coming from exactly. Like, yeah. it's probably beach brush, maybe some mm. beach cherries. That makes it. You may want to play it safe and set up on the edge of it, and just just to what get I, in there, and yeah. then wait for daylight and see what you see. And if you don't see anything right away that looks good, then get down and push your way in. Yeah, I think I'll maybe get there about light and just work my way in and i think what you're say, saying is like you you climb a tree and not know if you have shooting lanes well i think i in this situation that i it's thicker and up here not yeah i would wait till light like you yeah. said get in yeah and then just maybe sneak my way in and get get a couple hours in the morning you know so but yeah i mean i think like the scale for me shifts as the season goes on like i think if you were to say this a week ago, I'd per, me personally, I'd be like, I'm just going to scout and then go from there. As it starts getting to like anything can happen, is like I'm even seeing on my cell cams right now, just in the last 24 hours, bucks showing up. They're not shooter bucks, but I'm seeing mm-hmm. bucks starting to show up. Yeah. It's like, okay, maybe I'm more apt to sit for a few hours and then scout and move. And as that season goes on, we're into November and we're going through, I'm more apt to sit on a whim or like a hunch versus knowing completely that as it gets later in the season, you know, and, and there's like that, that sliding scale of scouting to hunting. And it seems like it, as the season goes on, as you get into the rut, it's more of a hunt and a little bit less of the scouting where, you know, even now it's more scouting, less hunting, but you know, if you have a, a a hunch and and a decent idea, for me, I'd probably want to try to get in there for a few hours at least. Yeah. Does that, does that kind of make sense? Yeah, that's probably what I'm going to do. Yeah, It's not like I don't have a picture in my mind what the area looks like, but a couple little soft points, and I'll just get up in there, just hang out to a light, and maybe just get in a tree for for maybe catch him. I got, uh, I got some funny questions, Johnny, that came in that people were asking. One guy, I think it's a guy, his, his username was Buck Down. Um, he said, I ran into Johnny at Eaton Park before I even knew it was him. <laughs> so you, you have people at Eaton Park. <laughs> what are you doing there? Eating. <laughs> Barking. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was funny. Um, another one that was specifically Johnny-related uh, was how your saddle hunting experience has been so far. Oh man, it's good. You like it? I like it. Yeah, I do. Good. Like you, cause you shot that West Virginia buck out of a saddle for the mm-hmm. first time. I was on the platform, not actually using the saddle part. You were standing on the platform like you would almost like a tree stand. Yeah. 
Nice. But I mean, definitely leaning back and sitting in the saddle, the, the two panel, most you know, and then stand up for a little bit, lean back. So yeah, it's. Do you practice out that much? No. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you say so. I heard you on another podcast this week, talk, and you're like, someone asked you the question about a saddle, and you were like. Well, Bo showed me, but I completely forgot. I got to the woods, you know, like Harry had to show me how to use the ropes yeah. and go through it. And like, what's this? How do you work this? I, I can relate to that, John. I mean, but you're, you're getting to that age where your memory's yeah. starting to fade. <laughs> but it wasn't like it was a few times, four or five times. I'm like, ah, this is easy. Yeah. Now you got it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. That, that makes sense. Um, one other question I'm going to take from here for everybody Scents or lures that you guys use? Um, I just got that stuff off of Kevin Vistason, Deer Hunter Podcast. Synthetic stuff. Um, scrape stuff, right? Scrape stuff. Um, trying that. Um, I actually just put some out today. I put some out uh, last week. Haven't checked the cameras. Pretty potent. Um that's about all, you know, just to enhance scrapes. As far as scents, you know, back in the day, I used to use, I don't know if anybody heard of the old Trails End. Oh, yeah. Trails End, we used a lot. Um, what would you do with that? Just like hang the bottle on drink it? Drink it. <laughs> <laughs> Make it sweat out of your pores. Took a shot yeah. like Joe does. It's about the size of his, yeah, he, his little shooter. His there. little fireball shot. Yeah, same thing. But no, just kind of. Have you ever wanted to have Levi Morgan, Andy May, Johnny Stewart, and others available at all times? Well, you can with CyberScout from Spartan Forge. CyberScout is like the chat GPT for outdoors men and women. You can ask it any questions related to bow building, scouting, hunting, survival, and a whole lot more. I think you'll be impressed with how it responds. CyberScout is currently out now for a select group of early beta testers and will be available to the rest of you really soon. The entire app is a complete tool for planning your hunt with incredible aerial imagery mapping, journaling, deer prediction, and some of the most accurate and detailed weather data. Use the code EASTMEETSWEST to save 20%, and if you're still on the fence, give the 14-day free trial a chance at SpartanForge.ai. CVA has been America's number one selling muzzleloader brand for over a decade. Hunting with a muzzleloader opens up a ton of hunting opportunities across the U.S., and I've been using the Acura series, but they don't only make badass muzzleloaders. Their line of centerfire rifles are great quality and not terrible on the wallet. The Cascade short barrel is ideal for tight quarters, deer drives, and quick shots in the big woods. You can check out their line of muzzleloaders, rifles, and accessories for every season and every range at bpioutdoors.com slash CVA. If you use the code EASTMEETSWEST10, you'll get 10% off of all CVA products, which includes rifles, muzzleloaders, and accessories. You're like, you take the lid off in a little brown bottle, <laughs> and you're like a little bit, you're like, ah, I'll do a little more, <laughs> maybe a little more, and then for you, and half your bottle's gone, you know? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but you don't you don't use a whole lot of scents like during the rut like you don't use like doe urine or no i haven't buck spray or anything no i think it's kind of crazy out there and i don't know <laughs> i have used it <laughs> like like it's not i don't know if, i don't know i just just running around if you're indifferent crazy. about it yeah 
I guess probably by then I used all my setting up and I'm <laughs> half, all my gear's half gone. I lost it in the woods. So I'm just whatever's left I'm using. <laughs> you know, you just got no scent left. You're just out there being a warrior. At my that pack's point. empty. I lost everything in the woods. <laughs> I got a bow and a few arrows and. It's gonna sit out the last couple of days of the season. Can we can we say on the podcast that that you just recently lost your laptop in the woods? Yeah. <laughs> I did. So anybody that knows Johnny doesn't carry traditional card readers. He carries his whole laptop. <laughs> yeah. <in the woods. laughs> well, I think I know where it's at, but it's in the woods. Yeah, in a last different state. Cam- la- yeah, <laughs> last camera I hung. I drove all the way home. I'm like, I checked my vehicle three times. I called Harry. I said, "Where's my laptop?" I don't know. I think it's in the woods where I put that last camera. <laughs> That's where it's at. So I bought a card reader. This MacBook Pro. Yeah, <laughs> MacBook Air. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is there a warrant, warranty on it? That's my second one, the last one. <laughs> <laughs> so I took it in the woods. It was in my backpack, checking cameras. So I had my backpack, and there was a stand I wanted to pull. So, you know, you know, like you're not hunting. So you grab your stand, you just kind of throw it. <laughs> Guess what it was under? Well, guess what it landed on? <laughs> my pack with my computer and shattered it. Oh, boy. I'm like, oh, man. Tough shift. And that was way down. It was where you shot your deer. Way oh. down over that mountain. <laughs> really? From the top. <laughs> so I bought this card reader today, or yesterday, and I come up and it wasn't working. So I had to go get another one. <laughs> it was just a malfunction, like a bad one. Like I start flicking through the pictures, it would shut off. Like So I had to go get another one. But my cards, aren't, I use I, them. I, I, There's so many folders that like... <laughs> I was say those card readers are working overtime <laughs> to, to get through all the years of files that yeah, are still we on the cards. Harry's like I said, I was like, no, that's twenty twenty. <laughs> that ain't this spot. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was three years ago. I don't know where that was. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, Mason. What about you? With sense and lures? No sense. No no lures. Just bare bones, huh? Yep. All right. Dad, I'm more of the uh, buck urine than uh, than anything, and and spraying down with uh, scent killer, uh, spraying myself down with scent killer. But uh, yeah, I'll put I'll, if I do anything, it'd be a, like the trophy buck. Uh, I'll put it in a scent bottle, scent wick, and hang it. What's the trophy buck? Um, I'm not sure who like makes just it. like a like a scent bottle you buy off a shelf yeah it's like a buck yeah gear. yeah buck lauren it, it, i think it's labeled trophy buck i i'm not any sure the brand but uh um i'll like i said i spray my decoy down with it or i'll put it in a, a scent bottle tinks i guess tinks buck lure i i put that in a in my wicks and uh um but that that's here and there i i don't 100 percent take lure all the time but uh, i i do occasionally and i last year it actually it, it, it worked for me that you know the buck went straight to my scent wick so hmm. yeah i besides the traditional scrape stuff that i use which i've used everything from troy's uh synthetic forehead gland scent i've got kevin's stuff that i'm trying out now i've used just a mixture of ammonia and water all this you know 
it's all kind of worked. I haven't really been able to tell completely the difference at this point. I'm kind of testing different areas and cameras to see, but that's just for scrapes. Now, when it comes to hunting the rut, as far as lures and stuff, I, I always tend to buy a bottle of buck bomb in the aerosol can. Mm-hmm. And if the wind's kind of bad, I just spray it on all the branches around me. And I don't know. It's just kind of a mind thing for me of like, all right, I'm covering that up and I tend to spray the tips of my boots when I'm walking in, um, to, to be able to just, again, just, it's kind of a mental thing. I don't know if it actually works. I'm not going to sit here and say that it does. Um, but that's, I, I do use that and, or if, and something that you didn't mention dab, I know that you do is if someone shoots a buck during the rut, you tarsals. cut their tarsal glands off, oh, yeah. tie it to a rope and drag it the last hundred yards or so yeah. into your tree, which I've had luck with bucks on that, and I've also had not so much luck with bears coming into that, too. Right. I've had a bear come right to the base of my tree from dragging a tarsal gland across. But I know we used to always, when we get a deer, we take our hunting clothes and we rub it on the deer. Just kind of get all your, you know, get that get deer scent on there. Rub it in the guts. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something. I don't remember what there, but yeah scent oh the buck bomb i don't use them because i don't know how well i know deer can smell well but you go to ohio they're laying all over the woods oh you know the cans empty cans so i feel like on the public ground down there i don't know if they you know it's probably different here but like they associate that they probably if they're smelling a buck bomb they're smelling a dude sitting there so it's not a bad they smell that, and they're like, oh, I'm not coming to that again. Oh, uh, yeah. You'll see where a guy stood, and there's just cans of buck bomb laying there. When then, I always hate when I see them trees, like one-inch diameter trees cut. Like I, You know, when you see when you see, visually see that, I feel like in a heavy hunted area, when a buck sees a tree cut like that, he associates that. He, that somewhere along the lines of mature deer. I don't see it much up here once in a while, but some of these heavy hunted areas that I think – like I told Harry, no, we're not cutting many limbs because I don't. I even like, wonder that with tree stands. What's that? Like, like, the, does a mature buck walk by and see a ladder of your tree stand? Think like, oh, it's something different, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Some, some I, of I mean, these areas, I think they, yeah. If you put a camera on a tree, even if the camera didn't go off yet, if they see it, I, I think they're so alerted too. by it. Yeah, it's it's something foreign to them, and it's yeah. I just put one down in Ohio on a scrape, and it's. I think it's a big deer, a little old logging bench. And I do try to sometimes hide them, get them at least 20 feet away from the deer, you know, try to get them on a tree that's not in their line of view, sight, mm-hmm. walking. And, and I put this one, I like, I drove on the way back. I'm like, man, I shouldn't have put it right there, you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to get him on, but is he going to be skeptical? I think it's a big old deer, I think. And, you know, I don't, I think he's in an area where nobody messes with him. And then I got that camera facing, he's coming right down a log and road. It's going to be right here. He might not, but, you know, I, I think think that way sometimes that try to get it off to the side or maybe up a little out of their line of sight. Camera or tree stand? Camera. Camera, yeah. Kind of out of their line of sight or, you know, there's times when I don't think they mess. But no, I do that. I mean, camera. You get around an old deer, like it's a pressured area. I feel like they're really in tune because they're doing the same thing mm-hmm. uh, in some of these public lands, these smaller chunks that to, for them to survive or not smaller when they're in, in around humans, they're doing the same thing. They know some little something out of place where you cut some limbs or, or I think stuff some, like that. Some deer care more than others. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah but you definitely. get in the area when he's he's religiously working this trail, with, like where I was, was a lower logging bench, and the thermals were coming down, and he dropped down low a lot. I think often, and and I'm like, you know, if you start clipping limbs there or you put a camera, and he's just he's like, this ain't. You know, this is, I'm here all the time, you know, like some of these deer up here can roam and, you know, not know it, but, um, you just got to be mindful of, you know, wh- wh- where you're at and how much pressure is in there. And, and if the deer's five, six years old and he made it, he's doing the same thing often and you get violating his area, you know, he's going to know. One, one other thing that I guess I kind of forgot about that I do is, uh, occasionally and not all the time is ever calm. I will rub that on my boots mm. and on the you know tree or whatever. But uh, does it help? I I don't know, but it, ne- it has never hurt me. Yeah. Where uh, doe doe and heat or doe pee seems like I don't know. I I don't have good luck with that. I I get deer blown or spooking whenever I had that out in the past, and I haven't used that in several years, many years actually. Um, but uh, so that's I guess that's one other. But if, if if I was to get up in the morning and I'm out of scent, I'm not going to stop from going hunting. It's not yeah. that it's not that important to me. Yeah, you know I, I've I've hunted many times without scents and killed deer without scents. But um, but yeah, that's I guess those are my. If I'm going to buy any scent, it's going to be a, a you know a buck trophy buck or or uh, Evercom. Was that the same? mentality that you would have had 20 years ago no i tried them all <laughs> yeah i tried them all i mean i, I remember you'd have them in the fridge on top oh, of yeah. oh yeah yeah you, you always have to have it in the fridge yeah. dark and, and, and i guess um you know as far as you know yes brand i guess um there is the aerosol that i do use and then tanks uh you know is, is i guess the two that i kind of fall back on um i've tried oh, some of the others and just didn't help or, or didn't hurt i guess but uh but yeah and, and back in the day i've tried them all and you know that's that was the big thing so I'd do you remember was, i don't know if you ever tried that they actually had buck semen no i never tried that. i had neither my buddy did i'm like i ain't buying that i never, I never even heard that i swear to god they had it well you <laughs> you probably just drank it <laughs> i know i said i ain't getting none of that i just had some <laughs> no they did did you i feel like you you probably went through like a stage of using like a whole bunch of like gimmicky items what are some gimmicky items that you've used i don't know though man i have to think about it um didn't you have something that held your bow at half draw or, or or something no he was talking about the you were talking about the um overdraw Oh yeah! Oh, I've no, I've been ordered overdrawn. Oh yeah, get your old shirt. Yeah, hold your bow at half. <laughs> <laughs> That's I think pretty illegal. Instead <laughs> of going like this, I just went like this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what I said. We have to talk about the good old days, like in the nineties, and start eighties. Ooh, Johnny, is that a little too young for you, or what? Yeah, he was still in diapers. Though. Yeah, yeah. Seventies, well, um, yeah. Well, what were you thinking about with that? Because you called me one day. You're like, "But we need to talk about just how it, like, the knowledge that we have now, not just from podcasts and people, but you take all the, you look at all the intel you gained from your camera and your dad, Mason, me, and you guys kind of talk to each other and yearly, you know, 
um, intel and just how much you've learned. Like in 92, I would come up here, not, you know, not 92, probably late 90s, I would come up here and I didn't, there was a lot, the woods were a lot more open. I mean, but I feel like even the people I did know, they didn't know what we know now. I feel like you know what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah there was a I, lot of I, learning. I there. Yeah, in, in the early days, I mean, you didn't have the resources, yeah, um, or the availability of it. And you know, you so knew your, what you your, knew. Your woodsman's, woodsman's skills or really did, came or into digital play. trail cameras. Yeah, Not, you didn't have. You didn't, yeah, you didn't yeah, like. I, I think about now, like I'm going to check cameras. my camera, see if he's deer coming out. I would have had to burn a sit to see maybe a couple sits, but you know, now you're learning. What you know, just 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 a, such a different world, and the, the equipment, is. you know, and well, the learning curve is so much shorter now. Oh yeah, like, uh, yeah. But I mean, that could be good and bad because you know, jumping into hunting, yeah, you you got all this experience thrown at you uh, and all these resources, but you still got to have that wis- wisdomship. Yeah, you do. You know, you That's can still got to sure. put the boots on the ground. Yeah, you got to develop that wisdomship. Like when I was up here when I was younger, I didn't know what deer lived here. And that's what I, that's what fascinated me. That was so vast, and there was way more less roads. But it was like, I mean, Sasquatch could have been up up in here. You know what I mean? Like in your like, but you know what I mean? Like I don't know what what's like yeah. behind my place. Yeah. And that's what intrigued me, you know. But now, in different places, I kind of know all the deer that are here. You know, it's just like, right. but you 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 know you take twenty five years ago and your equipment and just you and your buddies and just find trails or you know like there was no we didn't know about we didn't think about thermals we were young yet you know late yeah. teens in the in the 20 and find a trail or we seen deer here or, and you don't know what's coming through the woods right you don't even know what the hell you're hunting you know what i mean <laughs> you ain't got no target bucks you're just gonna no well the bucks back then were they weren't if, if you shot a you shot a 90 100 inch eight point yeah. that was talk of the town yeah but i remember you probably know. right around 2000 we've seen some 120s you yeah, know some yeah, better yeah, rubs yeah, and, and scrapes. Around and then, but, but uh, uh even then i we didn't clueless like but i mean i had i had a ton of topple maps i mean you probably remember hanging in the cellar and yeah oh yeah i had pin you know i had every apple tree marked with a red marker and i had <laughs> i mean i just yeah i had all you know now it's <laughs> You know, that's, they're, they're rolled up somewhere. They're I know we used to go to out. West Virginia down by Logan. We had the topo maps, man. <laughs> Those are probably some pretty steep topo maps. Yeah. <laughs> Good old days. Yeah. You kind of you miss that, you know, not the not knowing and, yeah. and the oh, learning. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's yeah. And, and being. Well, I, I forgot my cell phone at work yesterday. It was the best evening I've ever had in yeah. a long time. <laughs> they have nothing to report to. Yeah. Actually, actually check. T- today I wanted to go out and and uh, check. I, I mean, I checked some cameras, wanted to still hunt, and it was like I was in I was in four group messages all at once, and three of them were work, and things weren't going right. And I ended up I'm out there stomping around, talking to myself, and it's like I <laughs> I just walked through a good area. I, I was like I got to yeah, come yeah. back here another day. I'm just my head's not, yeah. not in the game, but yeah. but going back to the trail camera thing, like. After I had a couple cards stolen and stuff this year, I was like, it'd be kind of cool just to hunt a whole season with no trail cameras. Like, just the, the surprise factor. They're not knowing. There's something kind of cool about that, too. Yeah, definitely. Just kind of using or just using them for the inventory. You know, okay, let's just, and, uh, 
I think early season I did a lot. I had my inventory and like put to pieces. It's like we're just going to go hunt because I know they're here. You know what I mean? But yeah. um, I think it'd make you pay more attention to the details. Yeah, I agree. You know, instead of assuming, well, knowing they're there because your camera told you they're they come through once a month or whenever how frequent it is, going in an area and, and reading the sign more uh, as far as the size of the rubs, the tracks. You know, I'm paying more attention to the details yep. instead of knowing they're there and just, oh, there, yeah, there's a rub, and then moving on instead of really getting into the nits and grits and reading it, the height and the, you know, the size of it and stuff like that. But yeah, no, I, I yeah, it's it's funny because I I go back and forth on that, and and Jake Bush and I talked about that a few weeks ago. It was just like about show cameras start running so many it becomes like a job of checking them and going through and doing this and you, you get so caught up in it it's like what would you do if you just didn't have that like you maybe you know maybe you wouldn't kill as big a deer because you wouldn't you know because a lot of times you might not hold out yeah you might not hold out and then right. also deer are like you go to an area and big sign can look like big sign but it could be a 170 inch deer making that big sign, or it could be a seven year old 120 inch that's making that same big sign in a different area. So, like, you, you can kind of figure out the size, like, based on those trail cameras. But it is fun. Like, I remember when I hunted New York a few years ago, there's no trail cameras involved. No, I shot a, a small buck up there, but it was just like, I was just hunting and mm-hmm. just going and just like, okay, get up here. I've never been to the area before. All right, thermals are coming up. I can feel it. I'm going to work my way down these benches, look for food. And then snuck up on a buck and shot him, and I was yeah. like, "That was fun. Like, yeah. That was really yeah. fun to to be able to to do that and kind of just change it up, you mm-hmm. know." And like, I still don't know if I'm gonna go down and hunt Ohio this year, which I probably will. Um, at least, definitely in that muzzleloader season with you. But like, I kind of like the idea of not having cameras and stuff there, and just like I had fun when we hunted down there for a couple. Of, we only hunted for two days last year, but it was just fun just walking around the woods and just like I do. Sometimes, sometimes I'll do better when I don't. Ex- if I get into the rut and I'm hunting areas and I know the deer are here or, or I expect to see them, and sometimes I'll go to like a a good area that I don't expect anything. Mm-hmm. You, you know, to where I'm not like. All right, he should be coming because I did all the scouting. I did all my homework, and this is yeah. where he's at, and this is where. I, and you put a day or two, and like, oh, you know. And then sometimes I'll just go to a spot where my mind isn't working like that, to where it's like, this is a good spot, and I don't know what to expect, so I don't get my hopes up, and it's not like, man, I, I. So sometimes I, I end up finding myself in locations that where it's like the cameras are out the window, and I just maybe a spot I hunted years ago, and. You know, there's some does, or I've seen a good deer here, and I just like I'll go sit there all day because I'm like, oh, this is better because I don't, my expectations are not that they're low, but I don't know the area and exactly the, when the deer are coming through or exactly where they're bedding, and I'm not sitting there and saying they should be here, and then you get frustrated. How come I did? You know, and you start asking yourself, was my scouting right? Did I, you know? But if yeah. you go to an area that you just knew in the past is was decent and there was good deer there and this and that and you haven't been in there you didn't blow it in you're just gonna go sit and i could sometimes sit in areas of that and relax and just chill out because i'm my mind's and i'm just hunting and just enjoying the the not not knowing anything or but but just a little bit of scouting that you've done in the past or historical but not you know expecting that one your target deer and 
sometimes I find myself, I, I'll do that, I'll find myself in a spot and I just chill out and, okay, this is enjoyable. I'm just hunting and enjoying it, you know. Well, I found myself in the few times that I've been out this year already going to places that I hadn't, I don't even have any cameras in and it was just like I scouted them in the spring and it was fun because it was new and it was just like exciting to go do that because like sometimes I get, which is, it's really good. Like I, I'm not trying to talk out of both ends of my mouth because I think historical data is super important and areas getting to learn it and know it. But I find myself not even walking to spots in certain areas because it hasn't been good for three years. And it's like, it, that could change. You know, yeah. like I have these preconceived notions on this is what I need to do. And I feel like that screws with me a little bit from time to time. And mm-hmm. it's when you go into a new area, it's just like you're just figuring it out on mm-hmm. the fly and just kind of just having fun with it and doing it. I'm sure like, you know, back in the late nineties and, you know, I didn't start hunting until the early two thousand. So it's a little bit, you know, different, I guess, for, for, for me, you know, when I first started, I guess trail cameras were just coming into the mix. They were the film cameras. Um, cause mm-hmm. yeah, my first camera, that was, that was the start of the whole thing. You laughed at me when I, uh, went to get it, took it to CVS to get the card developed or the, the card, the film developed card. Yeah. And you had what, like 17 pictures or something that you yeah. get on it. And 24 usually. and it had 170 inch deer yeah. on camera, which was oh, a I remember real the story. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Was like, and you thought I somehow like Photoshopped yeah. because <laughs> computers were just like coming out. I'm like, no, I, this is, I just yeah. find big deer. That's all I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have loved to have been a fly on a wall and like, yeah, dad, look what I got. Yeah. What? I guess at 14 years old or yeah. 13, whatever yeah. it was like, Oh, yeah, that would have been that. awesome. Wow. Literally, like picture like first seven pictures of my ever trail camera career yeah. were of a 174 inch deer. I think it ended up scoring. Uh, yeah, I would have loved to have been a fly on a wall there when you showed your dad. Like the Mobile Hunters Expo is a consumer based hunting show unlike any other. It provides an interactive learning experience where you can try all things mobile hunting and learn from the best in the business. Come experience an unbiased, community-based environment where you can improve your hunting skills and find the right equipment for your needs. I'll be speaking at the Nor'easter Show in Mannheim, Pennsylvania at Spooky Nook Sports from August 9th to 11th, 2024. So come check it out or either of the other shows in uh, Michigan and Georgia. You can purchase tickets online at themobilehuntersexpo.com or grab tickets at the door. I'll see you there. I would have, you know what I mean? That would have been amazing because yeah. they yeah, weren't I here then. Them doctoring it up and well, did you take? Did you take me? Or did mom take me down? Because obviously I couldn't drive at that point. So I don't with the pictures developed, I had to go like get them printed out and you know get them in the little packet and yep, you, yep. you come home with them and throw them. You probably still have those pictures, don't you? Yeah, I'm sure I do. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. But we did have some history with that deer, although we didn't actually no we didn't ever have film of it there were some sheds floating around of that deer was there yeah and uh remember i even took you to the guy's house that killed it that was in rifle yeah which yeah i knew that that part but did he have sheds of it he didn't but uh there was other people in the area that had the sheds oh okay but yeah he'd killed that deer and i and i and i actually in late season in the the muzzleloader season I was um, just going out on a scouting trip, 
um, wasn't hunting, but uh, it was it wasn't during muzzleloader. And I walked, I believe, it was by that buck where he was shedded. He just was laying like twelve yards off the path that the trail I was on, and um, I thought he got to be got shot or wounded. And I just kept on walking by, didn't make eye contact. I could see the big red spots on his head. Wow. And uh, then I came back through about right before dark, and uh, he was gone. I thought, well, and there was a little bit of snow on the ground. I said, well, I'm going to go tomorrow morning. I'm getting up here and, and look for blood in his bed and see if anybody found him. If not, maybe the meat's still good, you know. And uh, he, there was no blood in the bed. He was just hunkered down. Did you and, look for his horns? I, I, I did but, but they were already they already picked up. I've ended up finding out they're already picked oh, up. Oh, they were. Yeah. Well, one one guy was a, a gas well worker found the one, and then uh, another guy actually found it in his backyard. And it was only one of the only places I didn't look for the other one. Yeah, that I yeah I I'll never forget that though. That was the the film camera days, and it didn't take long until no. the SD card cameras kind of followed after that. It yeah. felt like. Yeah. You had you had the did you have the wire trip cameras or what did you have that? Uh no, Uncle Francie did and, uh, and Grandpa Cherry did, but uh, I never played with them. Um, uh, I just had the film cameras, but yeah, the the, the trip the trip strings and yeah, the, you know you know Put what time a deer went trail. through. Yeah, <laughs> or it could have been anything, but yeah, <laughs> you're thinking of <laughs> could have been anything. Yeah, I remember the timer. That. Did you use any of that kind of stuff? I've never you? used those, but back in the I I've heard of them, you know, and yeah, but I definitely had the thirty-five millimeter Camino snide at the thirty-five. The first one that came out was like four hundred some dollars, and we yeah, they were expensive. We split it, and it was just a <laughs> a camera in a box, you know, a camo box, and, yeah, you know. But yeah, you couldn't wait to get your film developed. Oh, you we might have one hour. You had twenty-four pictures of a doe that was there. You know, or leaf blowing, we you know they were sens- yeah. sensitive and or if you had a real good area, you couldn't wait to go pull you know check it and you look and it only has seven you go pictures on it. It's like I'm gonna get it developed anyways. You go to CVS <laughs> and you're like you know, give me one hour, you know. And yeah, yeah. You <laughs> we paid we extra money for yeah. We hour. finally realized they they did them right away. It was called one hour photo, but. They were done in like a half hour. So we're like me and Jason. We go across the street. We go grab a sandwich or something. We come wait, one hour, one hour. And then after so many things, we're like, how come we'll have to start coming back in a half hour? Because this is a half hour photo, you know? And then <laughs> you want doubles? Nah, we want doubles. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You paid the extra for the, the one hour. One though. hour. But we would go back in about 30. We couldn't wait to open it. We'd open it before we were out of the CVS, like ripping into them and it'd be like a. A leaf blowing, or one guy was bailing hay in his wagon load went hay got full every time we went past my camera, you know, <laughs> 24 <laughs> times, no deer. <laughs> yeah. And he's just looking at it like, what is that thing? Yeah. What else, what else do you remember from those, the, the older day? Anything that you remember, Dad, from like the early days of archery hunting? Because I was talking to Uncle Mike, and he was saying that he's the one who got you into archery hunting. No, he got me back into it. Back into it. Yeah. Your sights no. were just painted like yeah. fingernail polish. Oh, I remember uh, I had my one first compound I had, I had my cable rail. Oh, yeah. Cable slide. Yeah. Break. Mm-hmm. Door in a rut. I mean, there's bucks chasing everywhere on this hillside. I'm on the ground. And I went to draw back. My arrow kept on coming off. The <laughs> and it's yeah. like, you got to be kidding me. So 
I, you know, I figured out what was wrong, but it's just like, here, here comes another one, a doe and a buck. I mean, they're only like 10 yards from me. He stops. Yeah. So I held the arrow on with my finger, draw it back. My arrow's bent, aluminum arrow. <laughs> I think this ain't going to work, but I got to try. I got him. Oh, wow. I got him. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. But I mean, the equipment back then was, um, I mean, you, you, you could expect problems. I mean, it was, yeah. I don't know. Just had wheels, cables. Five, yeah. I remember five inch veins, aluminum arrows. You had the, your helicoid, like five inch vein. And then, yeah, your, it just was like my, my sights were just like, they were like, I didn't even have a sight guard. There's just pins that come out. And then you just had like fingernail polish on the end for like, that was your, yeah. you didn't have fiber optic. It was just a brass, you just paint at the end. Even going from aluminum arrows to carbon was huge. I My first adult bow was like a really old, like one of the, one of the first compound bows and I I got it and it came it was a hand-me-down bow from 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 one of my uncles and I was I was really grateful to have it and uh it came with a bunch of aluminum arrows and of course I lost a lot of them so then it came to the time you know I have to you know I have to mow the grass and do all my chores and then ask my dad to get me some arrows and uh he, he got me some carbon arrows and you know you shoot an aluminum one then you shoot a, a carbon one and it's like a whole nother world yeah, yeah. <laughs> i remember yeah shooting in the back you know range finder even hunting no you used to tie ribbons out there by your tree i never did that no your distance that was, a, that was a, the the uh city guy yeah city guys that yeah. did that <laughs> so we, tie, we were we were very good at judging distances <laughs> walk off and tie something or bend a stick okay that tree you know or marked a tree you know you didn't if we if if we missed it wasn't because we misjudged okay but we were good at (laughs) judging yeah yeah i feel like i always had a range finder but i remember the first range finder that you loaned me to use it was you had to use two hands yeah it was like a monocular yeah yeah i remember monocular i guess but yeah wow huge yeah it was the first one that you want to know about the oh you're talking about some old gear so I wanted a tree stand, a climber. You know, I was probably 15, 14. I wanted a climber. So you had uh, Bass Pro Shop magazine or Cabela's. Like, like you just, that was like, when you look through that, you know, and my parents got me a climber, but it was like, it had the V bar on the back and yeah, it yeah. had the wing nuts. Yeah. I shot a, you I know shot what a few deer out of this, that one of those stands. So I remember, like, I was trying to make it quiet and I was, so it was just bolts that went through. The, and so I'm out, and I'm taking. So the, it was it was a day after Christmas. I wanted to go across the street and from the house and do a, a you know, I don't must you know late season archery or whatever, you know. And I like handful bolts, you know, and I had this twenty five pound four piece stand, you know, with the with the, like the V bar, and I was trying to put like silicone around the the bolt, try to keep it quiet and stuff, you know what I mean. But I remember carrying this across the street up in the wood, you know, and I remember like <laughs> dark putting bolts and to put the bar around the back and find the right hole. And there's these does are snorting. I'm like a clanking metal in the woods, you know, <laughs> it's like, but I remember my first range finder. I told my parents, I want a range finder. I told Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> well, the ones before the electronic ones were, you know, you had to read the lines and yeah, that's size. Right. It and, was this this big, yeah. and it had you put this on its back and this on its yeah. belly, and it went it went like that. You know, it went 
it was here and then yeah it went like as it went like this it went like that and then you had a that was my rangefinder all, all my early stands were wooden stands um you climbed an apple tree had a little platform and a couple boards across some branches or yeah or you actually uh you know put boards on a tree and had a little platform yeah we used to build a bunch we took two by fours and yeah Built tree stands all over to across the street from the house. And but sit the, there. I guess the clothing probably the biggest change that uh, makes my hunts more comfortable now. Yeah, you know you had uh, you know all cotton. Yeah, and whatever. Actually, up to a few years ago for me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, you get out there, you you, you sweat hiking in, and then you're freezing because the, the the sweat's not pushing out. Yeah. And yeah, but uh, I used fingers. Yeah. Finger tab or finger glove. Yeah. You know? Yeah, instead of release. Yeah. Know. Then I had the rest that was, you had the one, that the two things come up like that and your arrow sat. Yeah. But mine was yeah. like one come out this way and one like that way and they were like springy. I just had metal. a flipper. Oh, you did? Uh, I started with a flipper, but I moved up to this TM Hunter or whatever the hell it's called, you know, where the... um they had all kind of, and I had the, the old, well, I didn't have the overdraw. I wasn't cool enough. <laughs> what What is an overdraw? I had an overdraw. What, what is it? You could, allows you to shorten your arrow to get more speed out of it. You know, less Basically, weight. that's what, I, yeah. your arrow and your rest is back here. Like Yeah, you're, so you're, you're past the shelf. You're in past the shelf. So you were shooting like seems bolts. dangerous. It was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you were they cold. went away for that reason. I don't know. Yeah. You were cool if you had one. Yeah. I, I should have mine somewhere. I don't get rid of much. Wow. No. <laughs> no, you, there, there's a whole part of <clears throat> my dad's house that's just sale items that he picked up for just in cases, too, that are... No, nah, there's stuff I use. Johnny, you can add that to your product line, the water bottle calls, the... Oh, yeah. The overdraw. I'm making mental Bring notes. the overdraw back. I think so. <laughs> the hero's like right here. You, talk, you might be able to have you know make your water bottle the rest. Yeah. You can talk with Sitka with about weed. making some bell bottom pants and then bring the overdraw back. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, that that might be the might be the ticket. Snort weeds call. What was it like when you first started going like out of state, like trying to go to some place without Spartan Forge and the mapping apps? And we just, just topples. You buy topples. I didn't like. We would just go. Well, I want to hear Johnny's. Idea. Oh, by um, people you knew. Yeah. Like I didn't call any states or anything and research or something. I was young, you know, and I didn't really know anything about that. But if I knew someone out of state or just word, you know, word of mouth, basically, people give you directions. Or like further out of state, it was a friend that grew up there or something like that. But yeah, I just you know, we would just. A lot of West Virginia hunting because it was close to me, and you would just pile in a vehicle, and you would just basically have a um, road atlas, and you see a big hunk of West Virginia painted green, you know, like national forest and stuff. And let's just go there, you know. We just drive down and ask someone at a gas, where can we hunt? And you just head up in the woods, you know, with your bow and stand or no stand or gun or whatever we were doing, and. It was raw, like, you know, it wasn't like we had no clue. We just, we just wanted to hunt, you know. 
Well, I, I I didn't do a lot of out of state hunting when I was younger. It was more of out of the county. Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of the out of the state. Yeah, uh, you know, get out of the county is unfamiliar. Yeah, you know, because you didn't have to go far from the house. You know, run into deer back then, and you, know, you always had action. And but yeah, but you always you relied on topple maps to to, to get the terrain. Oh, I remember coming up here maybe. Oh, a dozen years ago, and I didn't have no mapping thing. Um, I had to. I remember I had the corn planters map, oh, corn yeah. planters kingdom map, and it was it was white. Earl still has one over there at his camp. Yeah, yeah. And I used that. Like I said, I want to go somewhere and get away from people. So there was like white spots in between the roads. Like, well, it looks pretty vast there. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna hike back there and see what it looks like. And I remember hiking back there one time. I'm like, man, I'm I'm back in here, boy. Ain't nobody coming back here, you know. And then I don't know if it was a little bit of a cut I was going through, and I see a vehicle. What the hell? <laughs> a road. Oh, there, was, there was jeep trails everywhere back in the day too. Yeah, I remember People these guys here. Yeah, the, That's what they used to do when Earl was he's six seventy, and when he was twenties thirty, they would just up here. They would just jeep trail, and he knew. Yeah. Like I, I learned a lot from him. He grew up here. Hunt, I mean, he didn't grow up here. He's from back my way, but he would come up, and he knew. He was really good with directions and mountain names and where to go for deer and all these roads, and I learned from him when I would come up here, you know. Oh, this spot's good here. You go up there, always oh, deer here. There's turkeys here. Or that hollow. You got to go. I said, "How? Wh- where's this, you know, before maps? How do I get to there? You got to go. And he was really, man, um, good with with knowing the lay of the land and, I, and we started me and the old snide started that way just learning from him you know and we hunted a lot that way early on you know yeah <laughs> I, talk about mapping you know mason just got into mapping like on his phone in the last three years 2019 we're in idaho hunting elk mason's got no maps do you have a gps at that time yeah, yeah. I did. Oh, you you did have a GPS? Okay. I don't. Th- I think I forgot it. But <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you didn't have anything. I remember we, we met uh, our buddy John from Ohio that was out there and that we met and and was hunting the area and we ended up sharing a camp with him and he's like, I got a camera up on that ridge and you know obviously the mountains in Idaho are huge and he's pointing up and it's a few miles up there. He's like, I got it up there in that saddle or something like that. Mason's like, all right, I'll grab your card for you. We're like, okay, Mason. Like, how are you going to be able to find that? What do you know? He's like, got your card. Oh, yeah. You just got to be in tune with your surroundings, John. Yeah, yeah, oh, I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, you didn't tell me. No, I know. Uh, I wanted know. to tell, I've been looking at this deer horn, and I want to tell a story about it, a quick one. Okay. So I found it uh, in Ohio, but I remember like a year or so later, my buddy had a camera in Ohio down where we were hunting and he left it like maybe spring into summer or, or maybe shed season early. And he's like, Hey, you're going down there. I'm like, yeah, why don't you grab my camera? So I didn't grab it. Uh, I think my other buddy grabbed it or whatever. And I had that horn and I took a pic, like I didn't find the horn there, but I took a picture. I'm like, uh, and 
his camera didn't have much on him. I said, but look what we found laying by your camera. I'd send him a picture. Oh, wait, are you serious? I'm hunting there. Don't be hunting there. That's my spot. You know? <laughs> <laughs> this was just like, you didn't, I was like, you didn't see it when you put it out. It was probably from like January. This deer lost it right there, man. I never seen that. Holy shit. I was like, yeah, it was laying right by your camera. <laughs> you know, I never forget. I, I let him think yeah. that for a while too. He like couldn't wait to get down. He couldn't get down there for a while. You know, he wanted to get down there. And hunt I said, you mind if I hunt there tonight? No, it's my spot. I want to hunt there. <laughs> and, and for anybody listening, this is a shed off of what would have been a 197 inch deer. Right? Yeah. On public ground. Yeah. Big drop time. Still alive. Oh, yeah, yeah. Still running. <laughs> yeah. He's 300 now. Yeah, he's 300 inches. Yeah. Actually, it's, pro- it's the deer Lee just shot. Yeah. Lee from Seek One just, that's, this is. Could uh, be. I bet you it is. Them drops. Yeah. He, yeah, they, they do move a few hundred miles. Yeah, they can, they can move a few hundred miles. Yeah. When they're getting old. Well, the helicopter just picks them up, takes them over. That's a good point. Yeah. They did drop that one off. Tranquilize them. That's why he couldn't find them. Mm-hmm. Lee paid to have them. He. Up you. I know he upped you, Johnny. I know he did. Yeah. All right. Well, we've been going for a while here, so uh, Johnny got to hunt tomorrow. Yeah. I'm gonna go out. Yeah. All right. What time's breakfast? Uh, probably Harry four eight eight. eight. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hey, my man. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. He shows up today. You ready? Yeah. All right, let's go. Get in the car. Forgot my saddle. What? (laughs) That's key. That's key, right? That's clutch. You need your saddle, right? He's ready to find a perch. What's that? He's going lightweight. Yeah, Yeah, you're going real lightweight. You're just going to hang off your back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Jump on. I'll carry you. Hey, that new two-panel saddle isn't just for comfort. It's for fitting two people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just I'm just saying. Big spoon, little spoon. No, I, I, I came to the rescue, got, got Harry a saddle. I, I will say, anybody that can hang with you and film you, because Johnny's filming his hunts this year. Yeah. Having, you know, if you can hang with you for a season, that's a – and I don't mean that from, like, your personality or anything, but I mean – Go and check cameras in the middle of the night and just getting up and doing odd shit. Yeah. <laughs> like that's we that's, get back at midnight from checking cameras. Yeah. Like that's that's pretty damn. Harry good. did good though. He was up yeah, he was he wasn't laying I mean, he got to going in the morning. He didn't <laughs> he don't complain too much. Oh, that's good. J- J- he don't complain. He's pretty good. Well, he can't sleep in a tree like you do. I know. He gotta watch for the deer and wake you up and say, Here He's my come. ears. For sure, because I can't hear. So you're gonna have to listen. <laughs> well, Jason, Jason from Timberton just said he, he texted me when you when Harry was editing all that videos for you and posting it on your Instagram. I'm assuming he was the one doing it, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it was good. <laughs> Not saying anything about what you do, Johnny, but it was good. <laughs> and Jason goes. Holy shit, Johnny's a prime content creator these days. It's <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. pretty good. Well, well, all, all, actually, all it did was with Harry coming with you now and filming these bucks that you talk about seeing, it made us just realize maybe you aren't full of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we did good. But uh, hopefully we get get some more footage. Yeah. But, no, thank you guys for coming here. Hopefully... 
like to have a little deer camp podcast here you know i'd say most of it was about the rut some of it wasn't and just like i think uh i think for me the moral of what we discussed here and everything is kind of take take the rut and and hunting in general is like as lighthearted as you can but you know you can be serious about it and work hard and because it's going to take a lot of work to to be able to be successful in these types of areas but also not take yourself so serious and i'm also talking to myself as i'm saying this out loud you know yeah to 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 be able to do that and i think that that's kind of my my takeaways with it what about you any closing thoughts johnny oh you know just keep up you know positive optimistic you know don't give up but also find enjoyment and don't you know i get to the point sometimes like trying to film something's like I want it to happen, you know, and you get upset it doesn't. But I mean, but I don't, you know. I just keep going. Yeah. So just keep at it, keep learning, talk to people, know a lot, and enjoy it, you know. Mason, one good hand in the the deck of cards, and you win. I was just, I was hoping you're gonna say play cinch, not poker, but that was close enough. That was yeah. Wow, well, that's deep. That, that's all it is. You you only have to get it right once. That's right. Dad, anything else? Just uh, shoot what's going to make you happy. Mm-hmm. Don't get wrapped up in the social media pressure. Just it's going to make you happy. Let it fly. Enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy the moment. All right. All right. Well, thanks, guys, and uh, yeah, appreciate everybody listening, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.